GM, everybody, welcome, welcome for episode eight of Rug Radio and NFTs Beyond the Floor with me, Ben the Greek, your host. Welcome, welcome, and good morning to everybody, no matter where you are in the world and what time of day it is. Um, episode eight, that has flown by seven excellent episodes where we have truly been able to delve deep into some of the most exciting projects in Web3, all of them hell-bent on building brands that transcend the space. And if you haven't listened back to any of the previous episodes yet, please head over to my bio now, give me a follow, um, and then take the link tree direct to Replaysville, where you can pick up the other seven episodes, some uh, fantastic insight there. As always, I'll be opening this series every Monday and Thursday at the same time, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 midday Eastern, 5 p.m. here in the UK, joined by my wonderful panel of friends, although we are a few light today, so I'm expecting some guys to come in uh, a little later on. Um, all great people from the space who continue to bring you a show that moves the chat away from the review of the markets, away from the NFT gossip, but really focusing on what the founders and builders and artists with intent are doing to develop this space. So we focus these sessions on the importance of storytelling in Web3 and the power of narrative to make projects unmissable. So hello to my fantastic, although slightly smaller panel of, of Web3 enthusiasts. Hello, Bobby. Hello there. What's going on, guys? I don't. How are you doing, buddy? You all right? I'm very good. Very good. I'm going a to... little bit ill. Oh, but, um, really? You, you're not well? Going through it. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's not COVID, but I've had a bit of a cold. Ugh, the lurgy. The dreaded lurgy. It, the weather's coming, man. Yeah. The, the, it, the autumn is coming. It sure is. It sure is. It's uh, here in abundance where I am. It's done nothing but rain for the last few days. Welcome to you, Bobby. Welcome. And Mr. Yellow. Hello, Mr. Yellow. Oh, man, I felt like I was in Austin Powers for a minute. The, take the link tree to Replaysville. It felt very Austin Powers, man. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm doing? good. Yeah, very, very good. Are you good? good? I mean, Lobsteropolis is still under attack. Oh, it's been uh, it's been an exciting uh, week over in the project that I, uh, I community manage. That is for sure. But we are here today to talk about another amazing project um before we do that though i think i just want to kind of like tip my cap to monday's show with sam from sneakerheads had loads of feedback from all of our listeners um a really honest account i think of what it takes to grow a broader presence in an already established market like the idea of sneaker collectibles and bringing that into web3 i thought it was just a really, really interesting session. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I thought um, Sam spoke really, really well. Um, and then to strangely segue perfectly into the guest of today's show, who is kind of almost doing the polar opposite. And, and, and we're talking today about art that is already massively established in uh, and has a great Web2 presence with collaborations with the likes of like 
depending on how you want to say this, Ikea, Ikea, um, and uh, Louis Vuitton. Craig Darcel disappoints Redman is the founder of Dower Darcells. And I always wonder whether I've said that right. <laughs> um, a project which minted back in early March. And after a kind of jittery start to minting, and I minted this project, by the way, full disclosure, minted too. Um, it kind of burst into life and uh, sold out, generated, gosh, like over 11,000 Ethereum worth of secondary sales in the six months that have followed. And there was a time for sure where Darcells uh, were really the PFP of choice uh, in the space. And uh, and what an exciting time that was. So, um, Craig, welcome. Welcome, welcome. GM Ben, GM Bobby, Mr. Yellow, thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to talk to you guys. Well, thank you so much for coming up. A very, very quick admin before we get going. Um, the format of these spaces is intended to be pretty open. Uh, I obviously have a panel of speakers, although there are only two of us in the space today, uh, two additionals today. Um, and then obviously you as our guest, I have a number of questions that I've already prepared. We'll whip through those, get to about the 45 minute mark, and then we will look to invite a number of people from the audience to come up, give their view, ask a question, etc. So um, yes, now, I, I kind of have to admit before we get going that I minted this project, as I've already said. I took my first win following uh, a string of dreadful mints um, and uh, and I was able to trade out uh, with a real profit, which was amazing for me back at the time. I was still very, very green in the space, um, but couldn't really resist uh, and uh, bought back in several times. And in all honesty, Darcels are among my favorite PFPs in the space. Um, Darcels and Lobstars uh, and Creeps. They're my three. And uh, apologies if I kind of go a little bit fanboy for the next 60 minutes, because Craig, I am a big fan of your work, uh, both in uh, real life uh, and in Web3. So uh, I'm really looking oh, forward to Oh, I can't wait. Trying <laughs> <laughs> to get full fanboy experience. Perfect. <laughs> um, best place to start, Craig, I think is probably like, you know, there are a number of people in, and I can see lots of Darcells in the audience. But there are a number of people here who maybe aren't as familiar with the project. So perhaps you could do us uh, a very quick kind of executive summary of your career and then doward ourselves the, the project to date. Absolutely. Yeah, I see my gang in the crowd today, GM Eggs. Um, yes, my name is Craig. I created this character, Darcel. Actually, the full name is Darcel Disappoints. Uh, back in 2008. Uh, I moved to New York in 2007, uh, and when I moved here, I'm still based in New York now, um, I kind of had, I came from Australia, um, I, I had all those observations that you have when you move to a new place, when you're kind of naive. Um, I, I was moving to this new big city that I'd seen in movies that I'd only been to once before, and I was having these kind of observations or thoughts about the city, and I thought, you know this is probably a good time to start documenting my thoughts so I don't get jaded any more than I already am and I can start remembering um, this, this kind of time and place. So around the time, people were doing blogs and I thought, well, rather than doing a written blog, I should do an illustrated blog because I have a history in illustration and design. It's kind of what I do. Um, yeah, so I thought, okay, I'm going to need like a character that sort of represents me on the blog. 
Uh, and I created the original Darcel character in like an afternoon. Um, I intentionally wanted the character to be really, really simple. Um, a lot of my work at the time was very, very complicated. And I wanted to create this kind of illustrated character that was very simple, easy for me to do. Um, yeah, so I created him in one afternoon. And then once I kind of had the, the character developed, I started like just kind of taking notes of my observations of New York, um, different exhibitions I went to, or, you know, how you live in like a six floor walk up apartment, um, and started illustrating um, Darcel in those situations on the blog. Um, got very lucky, um, and very quickly people started responding to Darcel. I think mostly because it's, well, it was, and I guess still is, very cute um, artwork, and it tells a story in a really simple way. Um, and the stories that Darcel tells uh, is very relatable as well, right? It's like, oh, how, the coffee is that much now, or you know, have the money in the bank, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think because of that, people were attracted to the original Darcel pretty quickly, got picked up by some press, um, and that kind of kickstarted uh, Darcel's career from there. Awesome. And and then, so then you know, moving then into Web3, what, what kind of, what spurred that change on? What, what, what made you um, kind of approach the Web3 market? And, and, and how, how, has, how has Dawa Darcells kind of been for you as an experience? Right. So we, uh, yeah, it's been 15 years or something since I first created Darcell. So in that period of time, after I first created him and sort of caught on a little bit, um, during that period of time, I got to, I was very lucky. I got to collaborate with lots of different brands, mostly with uh, this brand called Colette, which is a, was a store in Paris. Um, and one of the things that I did with Colette uh, was an exhibition there called 15015. Um, and it was in that exhibition that kind of like where the first ideas of Darada Cells um, came about. Um, the exhibition was 150 different portraits of uh, pop culture figures that, had influenced Colette the store and myself um, in our careers. So I did Darcel versions of Kanye, Darcel version of Karl Lagerfeld, a Darcel version of Anna Wintour, as an example, Steve Jobs, etc. And it was during that that I realized just by changing traits, essentially, um, on Darcel, I could create all these different personalities. Um, and then kind of after that exhibition, people started using, uh, this is like 2012, people started using... Um, those Darcells as their PFPs on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and so when I started getting into Web3, kind of at the beginning of 2000 and, yeah, last year, 21, um, I was like, wait, I already kind of do this. This is kind of like an extension of the Darcell world. It's like taking him further. It's a new direction. It kind of takes him into the future. Um, so that was kind of like how I started moving into the space. It kind of felt like a natural progression for me. Amazing. And, and, and what does, what does, because the, the kind of the premise behind the show here is, uh, is that we talk more about uh, what it means to be kind of a storyteller or to build a narrative in this space in, by means of then creating a brand and, and, and looking to transcend the space. What does, what does storytelling mean to you and to the project? I feel like storytelling is probably the, it's really the center of what Darcel is. Um, I think 
maybe I have a slightly different perspective because Darcel was like this pre-existing character before Web3. So in theory, well, not in theory, in practicality, I've been telling Darcel's story for 15 years already. Um, literally on the blog is a, is a story of his life in New York. Um, also literally in his book, um, which I released a couple of years ago, which was a year in, in Darcel's life. So it was kind of telling the story of, of Darcel. Um, and to me, Dara Darcel's and Dara Fitz, our new project, it's like, you know, further chapters on, on, on this long story that I've been, been telling about Darcel. And like, you know, in essence, Darcel, both Dara Darcel's and Darcel, the original character, it, you know, loosely, Darcel is kind of this character who somewhat has like New York centric sensibilities, a uh, little bit of an interest in fashion and art. Um, and it kind of uses those kind of like uh, central factors to like tell different types of stories. And again, the stories can be super simple, what we do in our everyday lives, or the stories can be uh, much more expansive about, um, I don't know, different collaborations that he might be involved in or, um, yeah, all, all kinds of different stuff. It's, it's really fascinating, actually, to be kind of... I feel like I've been taken on this journey by Darcel, even though I created it. Yeah, I totally get that. And and I guess that's... It's a really, really interesting play. That, that And there, I, I don't think there are many projects in the space where, uh, you know, there's an established brand and a story and a narrative that are running that you then get to carry through and um and into into web3 and i think it's uh it's awesome it's really interesting that you mention um fashion because that's really essentially what i kind of i guess what i um tied our darcells mostly to like it's it's really what i associate you with and and you spoke about that colette collaboration that you had beforehand and and then i remember very very quickly after you minted the initial dawa darcells project and collection there was a collect collaboration then like a an auction can you can you tell us a little bit about that yeah for sure so like i mentioned earlier i had been working or have been working with Colette for a really long time um for 10 years when they were um, a physical store in paris um, during that time, we did lots of little product collaborations. Uh, I did a couple of exhibitions. We did the IKEA um, collaboration, which you mentioned before, Ben. Um, and so as I was creating Darrod Ourselves before we minted, um, you know, I'm friends with Sarah, who's the owner. We'd been talking about it. I had, was kind of filling her in on um, what we were working on. And she had had the store closed for quite a few years. With, excuse me, within the fashion world, Colette's kind of a big deal, so... Yeah. When they closed initially, the fashion world was kind of up in arms a little bit about it. Um, and when I was telling her, and Darcel was very uh, closely linked to Colette, is closely linked to Colette. Uh, when I told her about Darrod Ourselves, she was very excited about it. And she thought, well, maybe this is a great opportunity for us to collaborate again um, and to bring Colette kind of out of retirement again to be able to, to work on something together. She, she's super into like the idea of Web3 and NFTs. Um, and I was like, that sounds great. Um, she was like, well, let's do it for our anniversary. Um, and the, the date from memory was like March 20th. And I was like, well, we're minting on like March 6th. So <laughs> that's going to be quite difficult because minting uh, is very stressful and very time consuming. Yeah. Um, but Sarah is someone that I really respect and look up to. And you kind of don't question Sarah. You know, if she wants to do something on a particular date, you just kind of do it. Um, 
so it was it was crazy to be able to turn around like another mini collection in in that period of time. Uh, what we did was we created um, twenty five essentially one of ones, um, uh, and the idea was that the, the twenty five would be kind of representations of the kind of people that you would see at Colette when you would go to the store. Um, yeah, it was really fun. It was awesome. really really fun to work I, on. I have a question, you know, then closely associated because. Often I will ask a founder or an artist, you know, what, what was it like or what was the result? Were you pleased with the result? I guess maybe on the flip side then, because you are, um, as you say, friends with the founder and the, the, the main person at Colette. Like, what, what was it like for them and, and what did they take away from it? You know, is, is it something that they uh, that sparked anything, anything new in them and the brand? Absolutely. I think um, when just before the launch, we did a space with Sarah, the, the, the owner of Colette. Um, mm-hmm. She never even knew what a space was. Um, and I think once she was part of that, she like really understood how Web3 kind of works. That it's essentially community centric. And I think that was, well, I know it was because I spoke to her afterwards. It was very eye opening for her because the Colette brand was always about community, the Parisian community that, that she had kind of essentially built. Um, so to like, for her, Web3 is a, an extension of that idea, right? It's like creating essentially like an international community that rallies around a, a brand or a project. So I felt, I, I know she was like, oh, I, I really understand this now. This is really, really, really fascinating. Um, so yeah, she was, she was really, really excited about it. I think, you know, I've, I've been talking to her recently about some stuff too. Um, you know, now that the market's collapsed, it's like takes a little bit of extra nudging to get everyone excited about it. Right? Yeah, right. But at that particular time, you know, the market was, uh, was crazy. So it was probably more exciting for her then. Yeah, a very exciting experience back then. Yeah. A, a major focus of your previous work seems to have really been on like Darcel's ability to collaborate with other brands. Uh, particularly in the fashion world, I suppose. But is there like a, is there a desire to continue this and to move that um, that focus into Dada Cells, the the project? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I, you know, in my past, I've worked on lots of fashion projects, and a lot of my friends work in fashion, so it kind of just comes naturally to me, right? I guess if you're in different industries, like you probably towards working um, with different brands in that industry. But I guess because fashion is all around me, I, I, I definitely lean into that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, after, after doing the Colette collaboration, um, I started thinking like, okay, what is a way that we can bring brands into fashion, uh, excuse me, fashion brands into uh, Web3 in a different kind of way? Because the Colette project was um, an auction. So how, yeah. do I, how do we do this in a way that benefits more people, right? But more benefits the Dower Dowsells community. So that's kind of where the origins of the new collection, Dower Fits, uh, began. Because I wanted to like, kind of create ways that we could bring, bring brands in uh, that didn't rely on like, these one-off auctions, you know, that required people to spend more ETH, essentially. Mm-hmm. So yes, um, a bit of alpha. We are working on a couple of collaborations at the moment for um, Dower Fits, uh, which is pretty exciting. We're going to have some more information on that soon. Um, but I think it's a it's a 
easier way for brands to come in rather than relying on like, you know, the hopes of profit through auction or whatever, right? This is like a yeah. way for them to like be able to be part of the community essentially. You, otherwise you, you create like a never ending conveyor belt of exactly. collections. And yeah, I, I totally see where you're coming from, from that point of view. So you've spoken there, you've, you've, you've introduced fits and, uh, and I was super excited to keep an eye on my crate that was <laughs> into my account and then watch it slowly turn into a, a parcel, which slowly turned into a bag, which slowly turned into something that was about to open and then reveal my fits. And you can see guys on my pinned uh, post, which is at the top of the uh, top of the chat here. Um, my original Darcel to the side with his blue glasses, glass. <laughs> I don't know what the singular is for it. Monocle, I suppose. Um, and then, and then next to him is my fits that I uh, I revealed. And uh, tell us a little bit more then about like that project and and where yeah. where that's going. Well, I wanted to reward our holders and our community, um, and we discussed lots of different ways to do that. Um, and I I didn't want to just release a second collection that people either had to mint or, um, or even even airdropped if it was a replica of the original collection. For me, that's that's there's no point to that. Daradar cells will always be the centerpiece um, of the Darcel world. Um, so I wanted to create a collection that was kind of like literally a derivative, but not in like just a few tweaks to the traits. Like it had to be like this whole separate beast. Um, and I also wanted it to be linked to a utility because that's what everyone wants. So it was like, how do you bring those two elements together? I also wanted to bring in a bit more of Darcel's history, which is 2D based rather than 3D based, which is what we created the original, um, the, the, the kind of style of the original collection. Mm -hmm. So we kind of settled on this idea of like creating essentially a full bodied Darcel, uh, fully clothed and that the clothing would essentially act as a virtual clothing bundle that you can then use in the Dara Fitz game that we're developing coming out next week. Um, so I liked that all those factors were kind of in intrinsically linked. It didn't kind of detract from Dara cells because it acts as its kind of own separate beast. And there's an immediate practical utility attached to it too in, in the game. And I think that the way that we're setting up the game is going to allow us to bring other brands into it too. So it kind of ticks all the boxes of the things that I'm personally interested in and I think the community is interested in too. Amazing. And, and so you say that, that is, uh, that's going to launch next week? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, and is there anything that, uh, I mean... It's, I'm going to steal Mr. Yellow's question that he always waits for. He always. <laughs> but, uh, do you have to own a Darcel or uh, uh, just a Fitz, or can you can you go in and take part in this? Um, you know, without being a holder, like what? How? How is it? Is it a token gated? Connect your yeah. what kind of game? How does it work? Yeah, for now it's token gated. Only holders of Dar Darcels or Dar Fitz can play. I do think I've kind of touched upon this before that. I think it's important for all Web3 projects to like, obviously we want to create value for our community, but also it's super important that we expand as well, right? We, we can't just look inwards only. We have to be able to look outwards and bring other people in too. That means, you know, potentially 
allowing people who don't hold to be able to come in at some point and be able to participate because by doing that, you're going to give them awareness of the brand and the project and, you know, hopefully they will buy into it that way. So I think it's kind of a fine line, right? Like obviously holders, you want to be able to like give them as much as possible, but I, I just think it's so important for everyone to be able to like bring new people into Web3 as well. Otherwise, it's just going to be like this circle that we're all running around in you know, over massive. and over and over yeah, again. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And actually, uh, the word that I've often used for Web3 is kind of echo chamber and, yeah. in the sense that it's the same, you know, 50,000 people that are just kind of bouncing from project to project, moving money from Peter to Paul or whatever, however you want right. to say it. And, and, and so, yeah, I think it's really important to... And that's why I really love the idea of brands from the Web2 space that have that really connect with people and have meaning for people to join the Web3 space and bring those fans with them. And, and, and it's really important, I think, to do that as opposed to a Web2 really clearly, fantastically defined brand just turning up at Web3 and saying to the Web3 audience, hey, guys, we're here now. You can move your money here if you like. Like right. I think it's always much more responsible as a brand to to move your bring your audience in, and and that onboarding piece is um is a really really tough nut to crack. I think um uh, I couldn't agree with you anymore. Like one of the reasons I was very excited about working with Colette and uh, other future partners is that it just brings people into the space that are not aware of it before. And it, it's up to us as project founders and the community at large to be like, A, welcoming to those people and B, like, I think maybe I'm talking about Dower Fit specifically here, the game is like creating it in a way that, um, you know, and in language that is appealing to lots of different people, not just like coded Web3 speak, right? Like there needs to be a way that people don't feel intimidated by it and, uh, you know, kind of feel like they can come into the space without... I mean, I remember when I first got into Web3, I was like, what the hell is going on? I don't remember any, <laughs> I don't understand what anyone is talking about. Yeah, so, so you know, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's fun, but like if we want to bring more people in, probably some things need to be a little bit more accessible, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I'm just going to take a moment to reset the room a little bit. Um, and then I'll invite Bobby and Mr. Yellow to come up if they want to ask a question or two. Um, we're here today with uh, Craig Redman from the creator, artist, founder, builder from Dawa Darcells. Um, we're talking specifically about like the origins of the brand and, and then moving into kind of the story behind the brand and also getting some insight from Craig having established himself as a, a, a web two or a, a, an in real life, perhaps we want to call it uh, illustrator artist and moving into web three and, and bringing that experience with him. Um, I would be really grateful guys, if you could all jump on the arrow at the top of the, the, uh, the space and retweet this, let the world know that we are in here and we're talking about this There's still lots of time left for people to join us. Uh, and I'd also be really grateful if you could jump down bottom right into the, uh, into the purple block there with the little speech mark and drop a comment in. Um, uh, these things are all really, really useful and they help um, Twitter promote us and bring more people into the space. Mr. Bobby and Yellow. Mr. Yellow and Bobby. Uh, Mr. Yellow went first, Bobby, so I am going to uh, honour uh, him and say, Mr. Yellow, go for it. 
Thank you for respecting the hand, mate. Um, <laughs> uh, I was just going to ask, mate, um, with all that Web2 existing community, have you had any pushback from them because of the Web3 element? Because it can be hard to do that onboarding. I can't think of any examples of any negative pushback from Web2 at all. I mean, generally, it's like, more like help me to become involved in web three as opposed to, I don't like web three. Uh, it's probably mostly people who don't get how to kind of enter the space more than anything, but yeah, no, nothing negative at all. I can't think of a single instance. That's good. Bobby. <laughs> yeah. So this is such an iconic project. I've, it, it stands out amongst a lot of projects in terms of the art. Um, and obviously you started in web two and you've brought that into web three um, will the progression be that you bring it? So once the game's out and you've got people in the game and the, your your version of your metaverse, will you then bring that out to the IRL as well? Will you go Web two, Web three, back to IRL? Is there anything like? Because I'm I'm bullish on IRL. I like um, you know sort of in real life events, meeting community face to face, etc. So I'm just wondering whether that is 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 the progression post game release or what's on the cards? Or are you al not allowed to say? I mean, I'm, I'm totally with you. I, I think it's so crucial to have both IRL and, you know, digital elements to a project. Like, it doesn't have to be events necessarily, though that is great too. But there always needs to be, again, this is just my personal take, like, that there needs to be, like, some physical element um, as well. So, I mean, we have done a bunch of apparel drops so far as an example. Most projects do that. Uh, I personally love doing that stuff. It brings me a great deal of satisfaction to be able to create like a physical um, object. So uh, in terms of uh, apparel in particular, yes, there's going to be like a mini drop that comes soon. Um, that's kind of based on both our uh, fits and our Darcel traits. That's kind of what we've done so far with our apparel drops. Um, and we, we, we specifically created traits in the collection for this purpose. Um, so that we can take traits out of the collection and create IRL um, uh, merch, essentially, from those, which I think is cool because then, you know, they're being token gated too. So if you own a particular trait, then you have access to that, uh, that particular product. So it's cool to be able to wear your literal trait in, in real life. To me, that is, it's a nice nod, I think, to like bringing those two worlds together. It's super cool, man. I wanted to clear up something as well, because I remember people saying that this was the inspiration for Minions. Is that correct? I, I, no, I haven't heard that. <laughs> I would love to be able to um, take that, but I, I don't think so. That was, one of, that was one of the rumors. <laughs> that was one of the rumors that during the mint time um, that, that was spreading. So it's, a, it's crazy, isn't it? What, what happens when people are trying to big up projects? But, you know, I heard about the IKEA, I heard about the Louis Vuitton. Right. And then there was like sort of the rumor that, oh, this was the inspiration for the Minions. This is how Minions <laughs> started out. It's like. <laughs> I love that. I actually never heard that one. That's incredible. It's like Chinese whispers. One of my favorite um, rumors with our project was um, it's not a rumor, it was more of a meme that kind of kicked around. Uh, when we released the, or announced the collaboration, um, those that didn't know about Colette previously, uh, or, or maybe it was a, a kind of like a Chinese whispers kind of thing, thought it was Colgate. So it was a Darcel and a Colgate um, collaboration, which I absolutely loved. 
Uh, and it became like a little meme within the community for a while, which is great. And we actually referenced it in the Dara Fitz collection. One of the traits is like a toothpaste hairstyle. Yes. So I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, bringing that in. Um, yeah. I'm really interested in, in what you were speaking about a moment ago with um, apparel as well. I know you did the the grey DD um, baseball cap. I saw that. Uh, and and I missed and I'm really gutted I missed the the hoodie with the um with the chip the NTC chip and and I wondered how how you know is this you trying things out experimenting or you know were these things always on your roadmap but you know how how much how much of the future have you got like on the deck ready to go and and how much are you being led by the market the community and and those different things it's a good question. Um, we have like, I would say like a year sort of mapped out loosely, but I also think because the market changes so constantly, you know, we've only been around for like six months, which is crazy to say. Um, and the kind of things that we've achieved in six months, you know, to me feel monumental. Everyone may not feel that way, but I, I think it's an incredible achievement, the kind of stuff that we have um, turned out. But I think you have to be adaptive, right? Like, even in the last couple of weeks, I feel like uh, projects uh, that I'm interested in, projects like um, uh, Clonex, um, even Hape I saw recently are kind of pivoting a little bit towards fashion at the moment. And that has only happened in the last, you know, well, publicly anyway, in the last like 10 days or so. Um, and, you know, a couple of us are kind of headed in that direction. So I think just being adaptive is the most important thing here. In the terms of like um, NFC card hoodies, we had that planned pre-mint. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely a mix. You want to be able to, like, have stuff that's going to be the foundation of the project. And then, you know, off that is going to be constant offshoots. Yeah, great. Uh, just a, a personal uh, one here is uh, any of those hoodies coming back in, into stock? I think the most important thing is to keep um, doing new stuff. Ah. <laughs> I'm devastated that I missed out. So we have we have three uh, three new merch items coming soon, and they'll be based on um, three traits across the two collections. Amazing, very very cool. Yeah, um, I, I'm really interested to know, like, so as someone now with great experience from this, like, what do you think Web three projects offer brands, you know, in fashion, for example, or art that Web two uh businesses or or collaborators don't like what do you think it is about web3 that that has pulled you know brands like colette and uh lacoste and you know uh, nike and, and others through i mean every brand is searching for new audiences right so that is 100 i would say the first reason that brands should and uh, are coming into the space and i think what brands realize once they're in Web3 is how loyal the audiences are. Uh, I would say you don't get that necessarily um, in Web2, right? And that was definitely one of the epiphanies that Sarah from Colette had uh, when she realized like how committed uh, community members are to projects. Um, so I think, I mean, those two elements are like so major to, to any brand. I also think in terms of fashion, what is appealing to Web2 brands is the cost the cost to produce um, an, an IRL fashion collection is so crazy and the amount of time involved. For example, if I've worked on a, 
uh, a fashion brand IRL, it takes sometimes two years for the product to come out um, because they've, you know, have other collections in the works, man- in the works, manufacturing, marketing, all that kind of stuff. You can move so much quicker in Web3, which I, I, I like a lot. And in theory, you can produce, you know, tokens for relatively low price compared to producing IRL goods and having this huge, like, you know, pile of stock sitting in a warehouse somewhere that you hope that you can sell at some point. So I feel, feel like those three factors are probably like the most important things for Web2 brands. Not all Web2 brands understand that yet, but um, I mean, that's, that's our job, right? To try and make brands understand the benefits of being in the space. Yeah, I'd love to talk with you a little bit more about your uh, approach to that because it is a real challenge. Like in terms of approaching, you know, marketing teams or product developers, um, brand leaders, you know, and, and, and uttering the word Web3 at the beginning of any sentence and hoping to get any kind of engagement out of them. It's a real challenge. It is. I, if you cold approach a brand and start talking about Web3 and NFTs in September <laughs> 2022, you know, you're probably not going to get much of a response because of the market. Everyone's aware of crypto at the moment in terms of the you know, kind of place it's at in the market. But I think if you have inbuilt trust from people that you've worked with before, um, that, at least for us, is kind of the, the avenue that we're, we're taking. Using our resources, people that are connected with us, and being able to work with them to bring them in the space. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And, and yeah, thank you for that. It's, um, it's really refreshing to, to hear that level of honesty in terms of, like, you know, the outlook or the maybe what, what the view is from the outside looking in currently of the market, despite us all being still here incredibly bullish about the future long term um you know it is a it's a really challenging market and uh, i think it's important for people to manage expectations for sure um here's one i often chuck in uh i didn't last time but i will now if you could go back you minted six months ago now if you could go back six months and tell yourself the most important thing to remember based on what you know now what would it be and why I feel like I'm getting a therapy session here. This is great. <laughs> I <laughs> can save I always, myself money I every find, week. I find this one fascinating because, <laughs> but purely because the, the space is changing and it changes so quickly. And I mean, you just said a moment ago, like in the last 10 days, there have been like pivots and things like that. And it's, it's really interesting. I was uh, speaking with someone a little bit earlier today, um, Axel, who's in the office there, uh, sorry, in the, in the audience there, not the office in the audience there and we were just talking about like you know uh, what this space felt like six months ago versus what it feels like now and and it i mean it it's like light and dark right it's just so different in terms of uh of the view there of it and and, and i'm just really really curious to know like what would you go back and tell yourself knowing what you know now um this answer is going to sound like I'm on a beauty pageant, but um, I think the most important thing for me in, in hindsight would be to think just to, just to be true to myself. Like I, I know what I'm doing with Darcel. I, I have done it uh, a long time. I, I know what the origins of Darcel are, what, what makes that character work and what makes that character appealing. Um, you know, within Web3, there's a lot of voices. Most are great. Um, 
a lot of people have a lot of opinions on things, which is fantastic. I mean, that's, I, I appreciate that, and it certainly shaped the project to a, a massive degree. But also, it's important for me just to remind myself that, you know, I got to stick true to my own values and create utilities and uh, different kinds of things that appeal to me as well. I mean, uh, you know, I'm part of the target audience um, and the kind of things that keep me interested, right, that make Darcel a really fun and exciting thing for me. Uh, there's a reason I've been doing this for so long. It's because I love Darcel, the character, and Darcel's the extension of that. Um, and so, therefore, it needs to be something that, that, I, that I love to do. So I think it's really important to focus on that, um, just being really true to myself. Yeah, I love that. Bobby, you had your hand up, pal. I was going to ask like the generic question of um, I remember back when it was minting there was a bit of there was like a bit of time in between the when the mint started and when it minted out and I'm yeah just wondering how like if anyone because there's probably people in the audience now that are probably wanting to start a project or that they they wonder what happens when a project doesn't mint out straight away were there any what were you thinking during that time uh, and how did you deal with that such a crazy time um Interestingly, not that I'm flogging another space here, but uh, West Coast, who are our developers, they've been with us from the very beginning. They did Doodles, and they're a really, really amazing team. They're um, starting a space next week. I think we're the first guest, and they're, they're actually going to exclusively talk about like that kind of period of time of, uh, of a project, like go into detail on um, meeting and stuff like that. So you know, if anyone's interested in that or starting to, talk, starting to think about doing a project, they should totally tune into that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll find a link for it and uh, and share it. I mean, yeah, that'd be I, good. I don't think they've even released it yet, so maybe I'm dropping some alpha there. But um, it was, <laughs> it was. You um, heard it here first on Red Radio UK <laughs> NFTs Beyond the Floor. Alpha from Dad ourselves. There's a new space there starting next week. There you go. <laughs> um, I we had originally intended to mint in January. Um, that was all of uh, like West Coast and Schiller, and who the marketing team that I was working with and. Uh, our team as well, for whatever reason, you know, the, the amount of work involved, we ended up pushing it back to uh, February and then March. I had already arranged to go back for my dad's birthday back in Australia. Um, so it turned out that I was in Australia during um, minting, which is crazy, right? You want to be, be in your like studio, in your setup, you know, have everything planned. So I was, luckily I have a, a lot of people working on the project, so it wasn't just down to me to worry about that kind of stuff. But you know, I was basically sitting in my childhood bedroom minting this project, which is nuts. Um, and uh, one of my good friends, uh, my parents live out in the country. So I had come from Sydney to visit uh, and kind of just be there with me during the minting, kind of support. And it, it was initially, it was a very, after we had done the initial um, kind of whitelist mint, it was slow-ish. It was about what we had projected, but it was slow-ish. Um, and we were thinking like, okay, we, we had had talks internally, like how do we, uh, go about this if we don't sell out, you know, cause the expectation as crazy as it is, is that you sell out immediately. Um, what would our approach be if we don't sell out immediately, if it takes a little bit longer? Um, we all went to sleep, had a meeting the next morning. Um, and then yeah, crazily in the course of like, you know, 20 minutes, it had suddenly, uh, I guess caught on a little bit more. Um, and had sold out. I think there's a lot of factors that were, went into that. You know, obviously we had worked really hard before that in terms of marketing, um, doing spaces, um, doing lots of whitelist collaborations. Um, 
you, you know, that helped get it to that point. But I think there was perhaps, um, I don't know, hesitation, right? And then once some people started getting on board, then it kind of just went crazy and sold out. Absolutely. Really, really fascinating and weird to be sitting on yeah. your childhood bed <laughs> watching I mean, that at, all happen. At so. the time, it was we were going through the trend of trying to avoid rug pulls. Uh, I think right. that was the that was the time. But um, another thing I wanted to highlight is the fact, obviously, Australia is kind of bringing a lot of things to the forefront at the moment, and it's not really talked about enough. We hear about American projects, we hear about European projects. You're obviously an Australian. Um, Magic Eden is Australian. Immutable X. Um, are you seeing more progression in Australia for Web three? Is that something that is going faster than it is here, or do you think that? Um, it's it's going at the same rate as America. Like, what are your what, what are you when you were in Australia? What did you notice? Because obviously, you would have networked with a few people over there. Yeah, I would say first of all, so cool that Australia is doing so many amazing projects. Um, I think that is a testament to to the country and the kind of like uh, God. I'm going to sound like a nationalist here. <laughs> um, I guess it just comes from like pride from growing up there, right? Um, but I wouldn't say it was vastly different to, to, to how people react in New York, like being in Sydney. Like I would say it was on par um, with the kind of like amount of people that understand what you're, you're doing. I wouldn't say Australia was like ahead in terms of, of, of Web3, but they're obviously, you know, totally up to date on what's happening. And that's one of the beautiful things about Web3, right? It's like just the joy totally being in the future, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're all kind of on the same page. It doesn't matter where we are. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, just from a personal perspective, I think it's so good that Australia is producing so many cool projects. I agree. Uh, Mr. Yellow, hey, go for it, buddy. Uh, I was just going to say they're called projects, you know. Uh, we, come we on, Mr. Yellow. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> you know I'm only kidding. Man. Um, oh, dear. I was literally going to say we always run out of time, mate. So, um is it worth just shouting out that if anyone wants to ask a question? Um... Yes, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, I, I uh, anyone who wants to come up and ask a question, please do so. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to I'm going to ask one more myself. And that is like, what do you think is coming next for the NFT space, Craig? Like you've been in and around it now, as you say, for well over a year. Um, you, uh, you've got, I think, a, a fair finger on the pulse of what's going on. Like, what, what's your view? What's next? I think it's going to get more niche um, in terms of where projects head. At the moment, um, everyone's pretty, there's a pretty wide kind of uh, array of interests within a project. Like, I want to cover this and that and that and that and that. And I think projects will kind of focus more in on what they're, they're good at because more and more projects get added every day um, and I think that's good because for me one of the beautiful things about web3 is like finding projects that you really connect with um, it enables you to really focus in on finding your community so I think yeah it's just going to get more more niche and more I don't mean more exclusively niche but just like it's more focused in on different interests um, I mean this space is so new as well right like it's kind of, there's no real precedent, right? We're kind of creating the future as we go along. So it's kind of like super hard to like, like how long is a piece of string, right? Like hard to let be super specific, but that would be my guess. Yeah, um, I, th I think there's real sense, real sense in what you're saying there. In, in, in as much as 
the expectations of people now have probably been realigned and you know the uh, the 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 notion that you can you know pour a little bit of money in and take a whole load of money out now is probably um has probably passed let's just say and i think it's now the time which is exactly why we launched this um this epi- this uh, show and um and this series of of spaces i think now is the time for people to really scrutinize a project and understand is this something that i want to enjoy and are these people that i appreciate their company and is this a brand i can really identify with and and have a lot of fun with and therefore it's worth my investment it's so important for everyone i think to to think that way because you know otherwise the expectations are you know so vast that it can just run projects into the ground right you to 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 reshift the way that you approach um nft projects or communities that you're part of is to to realize what you know realistic expectations for what people can achieve um and i think that way that's going to keep web3 and all of us going for a long 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 time which is my number one goal yeah. excellent thank you very much um we have uh, a member of the audience who has arrived nike boy uh how are you sir and how can i uh yeah, please ask your question. How can I help? No, I can help. I can ask. I can stop talking, and then you can talk instead. Oh, that's a shame. Nike boy, are you there? And can you can you talk? Are you able to unmute yourself? Oh, that's disappointing. I, it wouldn't be rug radio without someone. Yeah, there. it's rug radio. It's got to happen. Yeah. Uh, poor Nike boy asked to come up a little earlier as well and I said no so uh, and now he's finally up and unable to talk Nike boy if you can hear me um, the best thing might be to leave the space and if you come back I will invite you up again Um, anybody else in the audience have um, uh, oh I have another request from Brownie Box here we go let's get Brownie boy Box up with a shark PFP hey Brownie Box No worries. I just, I don't have a question, but I just wanted to say I'm. Uh, Dow Darcel was one of the first projects that I minted, and um, I. It was really interesting because I kind of, I was, I got into the the NFT space through Gary V and V Friends, and um, but and I can't remember how or where I I heard about Dow Darcel, but sort of learning about uh, the history and how you created him originally when you moved to New York. I just thought it was such a cool story. And um, it's been so cool to sort of follow it and see how it's progressed and evolved. And yeah, I'm really excited just to be part of the journey. So I just wanted to say say that really. That's so nice to hear. Thank you. I appreciate it. And the other... And, uh, sorry. No, go on, Brownie Box. No, apologies. I was going to interrupt. You go I just it. wanted to say I got uh, the the gray cap which um, I, I own a coffee shop and I wear it when I go to work and everybody wants, oh my God, amazing. everybody wants to know what DD is. And um, <laughs> sometimes I don't know if I can, um, you know, sometimes, you know, when it's sort of an older person, am I going to be able to explain NFTs or whatever? And <laughs> it's, uh, it's always an interesting conversation. It's a, it's a five minute conversation at a minimum for yeah. sure. So I, <laughs> I appreciate that. I also have the cap, actually, and uh, yeah, I I love it as well. Um, uh, Nike boy, you're back. 
Come on, treat us. Can you speak? Yes, I'm back. I got rugged. Sorry. Ah, wonderful. Yeah. How can I help you, sir? Um, question? Yeah, I had some uh, intriguing questions for Craig, uh, some of the people in the community. We've been coming together to find some good alpha to ask. Um, and one of the things that's been striking us a lot is just trying to figure out um, the importance of dower fits in the long term and what role does it play off of the OG collection. And, it, and that's what we're trying to focus on is like, is dower fits something that in the long haul of the next 15 years of dower fits, I mean of dower Darcel, will it be something that's implemented through the lifetime of the project? Or is this like an installation or like an activation in one phase of the project? Hey, Nike boy. Um, I think absolutely it's going to run in cahoots and in parallel with dower Darcel's. Dower Darcel's is always going to be the key. Always. Uh, and Dower Fits is an offshoot of that. Dower Fits is going to allow us to create different kinds of things, I think, which maybe we won't be able to create with Dower ourselves. So for me, it's like it's expanding the universe. It's going to give us an opportunity to create uh, even more utilities and ac activations. Um, and for me, it, it, it is, I see it as long term as Dower ourselves. Perfect. And then following up on that question is um, with dower fits, you may want to hold this alpha because I know it's not something that you've talked about yet, but will dower fits play into any of our metaverse plays or options? That's a long-term plan. Yes. Um, I have, you know, internally we've been talking a lot about where to head with metaverses. I, I, I think I may have actually spoken to you about this before, but I think metaverses in general are still so early. And for me, I don't feel like anything is developed enough to like go all in on. Um, and I think a lot of the new ones that are popping up at the moment, I would say um, like Webiverse is the one that we're super interested in because of the gamification uh, in it. And obviously the level of graphics and stuff like that. And the way that you can adapt um, your avatar in there too. But, um, you, know, I, you know, I have conversations with uh, various, let's say, Web3 companies um, about exactly what you're talking about, like every couple of days, and everyone's got an idea and a pitch. And I think it's, it's going to be a matter of like waiting for the right team to work with on that front. Because it will be easy to jump in and then, you know, there's just so many projects. It could, uh, sorry, so many different verses. It's better to wait for one to settle. That's kind of our approach right. at the moment. And then last thing, and I'll let you go. No follow-ups, no other thing. Um, with, I've, read, I've, read, I've read up on the different styles of tokens and the different things, and I've read up some interesting things that were stated in an interview. Is there any alpha you'd be willing to share as far as like the type of technology on the tokens that we're using and what interesting things we can do in the future with the type of tokens that we own through Dower Darcells? Well, the first one, of course, is going to be Dower Fits the game. Um, and the way that we have set up the metadata on the Dower Fits means that we're going to be able to break down the individual traits and individual elements um, to be able to be used in the game in a new way. So right now, uh, I think what Dower Fits is like 10 days old, 14 days old or something. Um, and the game's coming out very, very soon. So for now, that is 100% the focus on being able to use uh, that those tokens and the metadata from those tokens in the game and to be able to push that. That's our tech focus for right now. 
Awesome. Thank you. And Nike boy, thank you so much for the, uh, for the questions there. That was great. I'm going to bring one more person up guys so that we uh, finish on time today. Uh, Moonsafari.eth, you are next. So please come up and ask your question. Hey, Moon Safari, how are you doing? Oh, please. Hello, Moon Safari. How are you? Yes, can you hear me now? Awesome, I can, <laughs> yes. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, I just want to say, Craig, I really love the project. Um, been a big supporter since the beginning. I was lucky enough to get the the gray cap, the DD gray cap, and lucky enough to get the uh, get the hoodie with my my gold Andy Dower Hall Darcel embedded in it. So I'm very happy about that. Um, my question is: Aside from Dower Fits, do you ever plan on like revisiting some of your previous work from the past 15 years and releasing that as an NFT project? Maybe going backwards a little bit and just kind of allowing the holders to access some of that as in the NFT format. It's like you're reading my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We've had some internal conversations about that. Um, It's about timing and also like the best way to go about that. Um, But yeah, absolutely. I think that 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 makes sense. Um, I don't want to say exactly yet, but for now our focus is on like DAF. It's obviously it's pretty fresh and pretty new. But I think in time, it's going to make total sense to be able to uh, mine those kind of resources and, and Darcel's history to be able to produce, whether it's new tokens or, uh, you know, uh, IRL activations. Yeah, I- I'm with you and it makes sense. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's uh, really the only question I had. I actually posted a comment under the spaces about maybe releasing those 150 uh, portraits that you did with Colette uh-huh as an airdrop for holders i'm just kind of wishful thinking on my end but <laughs> i appreciate the projection <laughs> trying to manifest over here that's all <laughs> thank you moon safari they're great questions great appreciate questions. it thank you um craig it's um it's been fantastic and uh and i am um i'm so grateful for you coming up um as a big fan but also you know as uh, as um you know somebody who in the space is uh, really interested in the work that you're doing. So uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I wondered if you've got lots of eggs in the room, lots of Darcells here. If if you had any final words you just wanted to um, impart. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me on. It's always fun to talk about Darcell. Um Yeah, I would say just those in the community know that Dara Fitz is coming up, um, the, the game, which has been really fun. Um, we're slowly releasing information about that. There's going to be a very exciting feature that happens in Dara Fitz um, towards the end of the month, which I can't wait to tell everyone about. Um, yeah, so I, I just appreciate everyone's support, as always. It's, uh, it's always fun to, um, yeah, just to go deep on Darcel. I, I love doing this stuff, and, and talking about Web3 is a fascinating, fascinating space, so... The more Agreed. upfront and like into it we can get, the the cooler it is. Well, this is a um, a space that we're intending on running twice a week indefinitely. So it would be great perhaps to get you back in uh, a few months um, and maybe uh, see how things have gone. Talk about what might be coming up again and uh, and yeah, get an update. It's been really really great to speak with you. So thank you so much. Thanks. Um, I am going to drop something really, really exciting that not even my co-hosts are aware of. Um, uh, on Monday, 
we will be featuring a project that hasn't yet minted. And in fact, it will be minting on Monday. Um, and joining me and the team for our space will be Mason Ghost and his uh, co-founders of the Yin Yang Gang, which is a very, very, um, uh, what's the word to say? It's an incredibly uh, hyped project of the moment. Um, a lot of people looking at it, a lot of people looking forward to it. I know that those guys have just opened a spaces, which has started a few moments ago with Diesel, the fashion brand. And I think there's some cool stuff going on there. I'm really, really excited to invite Mason and his team up to join us. And it will be on Mint Day, too. So, um, yeah, I, I hope a number of you will come back and see what's going on there. And I think that will be another great episode. Um, really just leaves me now with uh, the time to say, Bobby, thank you very much, sir. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Great stuff. Mr. Yellow, thank you. Thank you, mate. Uh, it's been great as always. Every time it's lightening my wallet because I need to buy another project. <laughs> well, uh, I, I, uh, I guess there's no harm in me saying that I highly recommend ourselves because I have one. Um, but of course, uh, mate, bump your bags, mate, bump your bags. <laughs> but um, no, thank you guys for coming and helping me hold down the fort. Um, to everybody in the audience, thank you so much for coming up. I really appreciate all of you coming back week after week, day after day, um, and also to all of the uh, the Darcel holders in the room. Thank you guys. Welcome. Please join us uh, again as we chat with lots of other projects going forward. I appreciate all of you and uh, yeah, everybody have a wonderful Thursday and uh, see you all next week. Bye.